if I were to ask you who your favorite team was in any sport, how would you answer? Hello, everyone. This is Reb Brad. Today, we're going to look at the subject of allegiances and a curious question asked many, many years ago. Stay tuned. He's found the space and he's found the back of the net. Just a little off foot thinking he's going to go far post. Not strong enough with his right hand. Whips that one in. Far post, almost made him into they have. He has the hat trick. The second in his career. The third of the night. The hat trick hero. Talked about you're not going to be able to sustain that kind of pressure. To the corner. Goes towards the near post. And you're on the angle. And what a goal! What a goal! Growing up as a kid, people would ask me who my team was. And I had the answers down pat. American football, Denver Broncos. Pro basketball, Phoenix Suns. Baseball, Detroit Tigers. Pro hockey, Colorado Avalanche. And later, soccer, Colorado Rapids, Manchester United. People ever curious about my mix of teams and allegiances to those different teams? It's easily explained by the different places and times when I grew up as a kid. For example, I didn't know a football team named Manchester United even existed for much of my growing up life. And while this is a podcast about faith, family, and football, it's actually a short story about my American football team and my allegiance that is a springboard for today's conversation. Well, I still remember. It was Monday Night Football matchup in December 1980. I wasn't even five years old, and as a kid growing up in Phoenix, Arizona at the time, we usually rooted for many of the California teams because Phoenix only had a pro basketball team, the Suns. I remember the TV was on, and the theme music for Monday Night Football started. The announcers talked about the matchup between the Oakland Raiders and the Denver Broncos. What? The graphic of the two teams came up, and I asked my dad, who are the Denver Broncos? They're the football team in Denver, Colorado. That's where you were born, he replied. Immediately, in my little four-year-old heart, I said, I'm going to be a Denver Broncos fan, because that's where I was born. And voila, I became a Denver Broncos fan. I switched allegiances, never again to root for the men in black. Well, to be honest, other than a few other moments in my life, I have never been what you would call a hardcore fan of any team, even of the Broncos. Uh, Part of that might be because I moved around a lot. Maybe part of that is the life and work and, you know, kids and family. Those things start to take precedent after a while. I know that's not true for everyone, but for me to sit and watch three hours of a, a Bronco game, it's a huge commitment and time that I've just not got. But the question I want to ask today is about the switching of allegiances. Have you ever switched allegiances of teams? Now, I bet if I were to ask some of my friends who are avid football fans of particular English clubs, they would be utterly horrified by such a question. They've told me now, now they might have a particular allegiance to their hometown club, and then maybe they'll find another club that plays in the Premier League that they kind of uh, grew up loving or following as a kid. But I bet it'd be a rare occasion to find someone who vacillates or has changed their football football club allegiance at all in their lifetime. It just isn't done. Now, for the footballers that I work with, the whole allegiance and loyalty thing is played out a little bit differently. Oftentimes, you go where the contract or the opportunity is. Yeah, there's some footballers and managers who are still able to live the idyllic dream of playing or coaching for their boyhood or girlhood club, and 
There's a lot of movement, though, in the game that kind of makes these stories fewer and farther between. Well, the stirring for today's question came after reading an interesting question that was asked over 2,500 years ago. The Hebrew prophet Jeremiah is looking around at his people, and he goes out in the middle of the capital city and he asks this powerful question. He says, has a nation ever changed its gods? Jeremiah asks this rhetorical question of the nation of Israel in chapter 2, verse 11 of the book after his name, Jeremiah. His aside and subsequent response are a powerful polemic on the people of Israel. He says, after the question, has a nation ever changed its gods? He goes, yet they are not gods at all. But my people, the people of Israel, have exchanged their glory, capital G, for worthless idols. Jeremiah has just keyed in on an interesting insight. Despite the turmoil amongst many of the surrounding nations, rare was it for those people to turn away and forsake their particular gods, small g. But Israel had an allegiance problem. In spite of all the miraculous things that God had done for them, they were quick to forget and quick to chase after the foreign gods, imagining that somehow their fortunes would be better tied to these other gods. It would be akin to someone following Manchester United and suddenly switching allegiances to become a fan of Arsenal. Unthinkable! Oh my goodness, that person would be, yeah, not welcome in many homes around the world, and vice versa. You see, the world doesn't take the switching of allegiances very lightly. But there's something within each of us that falls prey to that switch. You know, there's an old adage which goes, God and the soldier we adore, in times of war and not before. The war over and all things righted, the soldier's forgotten and God is slighted. It's amazing how quickly we forget. It's amazing how quickly we switch allegiances. When things are going poorly, we seek God so vigorously. But even a touch or taste of success, we no longer have need of Him. As Jeremiah goes on to say, The heavens are appalled and they shudder with great horror. Israel loses all respect from others and from within herself. Jeremiah uses another metaphor to make the point even more. He goes on to say, My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, and this is God speaking, they have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. Where do your allegiances lie? I'm not talking sports teams anymore. I'm talking about your allegiance with God. What does your loyalty and faith look like? Have you allowed other quote-unquote gods to creep in? Have you exchanged quote-unquote lesser gods for the glorious one? Or perhaps you've never even thought about it. But let me ask, where do your loyalties lie? Someone recently told me, they said, football is my religion. And I know for many that I work with, that statement is true. And they've sacrificed everything on the altar of sport, whether it's their family, their morals, or more. But football is a worthless God. It is a beautiful game, but it does poorly at being a deity. It never healed anyone. It never loved anyone. It never sacrificed for anyone. And it never saved anyone. To close our time, I want to offer a blessing of allegiance. This is adapted from Ray Simpson's Celtic Blessing. It's a prayer that he often uses for joining up, whether for a task or into the armed services or something else. But I want to adapt it here a little bit for us. And I want it to be a prayer of allegiance that you and I might make 
as we consider this idea and this thought of where our allegiance lies, where our spiritual allegiance lies. Here's the prayer. May we have truth in our hearts, strength in our hands, consistency in our tongues, love in our being, and allegiance for the one true God alone. Amen. This is Rev. Brad coming to you from the Touchline. Line.